in the wonderful name of Jesus. Uh, welcome again to our teaching series, uh, Prophetic by Design. Uh, it has been really, truly a great week. We had some feedback from last week's session on speaking about the spirit of prophecy, the gift of prophecy, and the office of the prophet. And, uh, it has seemed to have sparked a lot of interest as well as a lot of conversation. And so I appreciate the questions. Appreciate the interaction. Please, if you want to, the share. Uh, it's on Facebook Live. It's on Paulus uh, House Ministries Durban. Uh, it's on our Facebook page. It's also we have a podcast and a YouTube channel. Follow it, whichever medi medium. Uh, I'm sure you will be blessed. Let us uh, continue today. Today, I want to deal with some of the questions relating to, to the prophecy, some commonly asked questions. Um, one of the, the first question I want to deal with is, is there a difference between speaking in tongues and prophecy? Now, in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we read of the gifts of the Spirit. And in the, in, in, amongst those that are listed in the, in the gifts of the Spirit is the gift of speaking in tongues, and the gift of prophecy. Now, let's distinguish. Prophecy, as we said, as we have, as we have been saying all the time, is to build up the believer. It's for edification, exhortation, and comfort. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 3. The reason prophecy edifies is because it is spoken in a language that people understand. Okay? So prophecy is normally in the language of, or, or in your speaking language, okay? When you speak in tongues, the Bible says you are uttering mysteries unto God, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse two. And so we know that speaking in tongues, there are two different types of speaking in tongues. There is what we call a devotional tongue, which you, which you speak, it's a heavenly language that you speak, which edifies you as an individual, the one that is speaking in tongues. Then there's an inspirational tongue, which is spoken under the leading of the Holy Spirit to, to benefit the corporate gathering. And this is often when, when there would be the speaking of tongues within a corporate church set up. And often, they're not, or most often, there'll also be an interpretation of that tongue. Now, Jude chapter 1 verse 20 mentions speaking in tongues and it says you can build yourself up in the most holy faith by speaking in tongues. So that is, that is in reference to the devotional tongue that edifies the individual, encourages, builds up the individual. Both tongues and prophecy are both inspired in utterances. That means they are both inspired by the Holy Spirit and they are both vocal manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit. Amen? So we need to understand, that's why often there is a, a fine line and people make a distinction. So we make a distinction between speaking in tongues, is speaking in a heavenly language, speaking mysteries unto the Lord. Prophecy is a means of edification, a means of uh, uh, comfort, uh, and a means of exhortation to the body of Christ spoken in the language 
And they will, and no one will bury them 
their wives, nor their daughters, nor their children, for I will pour their wickedness upon them. Now, th these are strong words that, that, that Jeremiah is, is making mention of. But he's, the Lord is speaking about prophets that are prophesying lies, or what we call, sometimes I refer to as proper lying. Not prophesying, proper lying. Amen? They are, they are, and the Bible says here that God will deal with them. That's why I started off by saying, it's not our place to judge. He says, we hand them over to the Lord, the Lord will judge them. When, when God said to, to Jeremiah uh, 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 in Lamentations chapter 2, verse 14, that he will expose them openly. Throughout the Old Testament, God warns the nations about false prophets. Now, this is a, a, a very important part. This is why we understand that the prophetic is very, very important that we don't just speak what we feel, what we think, what we, uh, something that we feel that people want to hear, but we should speak the word of the Lord. And, and one of the challenges in Jeremiah was they were prophesying what they, were, what they felt the people needed to hear. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 to 20, God referring to shepherds and, and prophets, fivefold ministry giftings, he says that the false prophets are like wolves in sheep's clothing. And they are easily identified by their bad fruit. Now this is very important. One of the key characteristics of false prophets is the fruit. You, the Bible says, you, and, and by their fruit you shall know them. Amen? Uh, that's why the Bible also goes on to challenge us. He says, that we should have leave fruits that remain. That means that adds value. So do not be aware of the bad fruit. They speak, the uh, uh, false prophets speak about personal glory. They speak to gain personal glory and says everything that they want to say. Now, in the book of Revelation, the Lord warns the church against the spirit of the Nicolaitans and the spirit of Baal. Now these were two prophetic gifts that were given to the body, but the spirit of the Nicolaitans was one that takes, that mixes the truth with teachings of culture, religion, and worldly standards. So they mix the truth. So, so, so the spirit of Nicolaitans is a spirit of mi mixture that mixes both the truth of God's word together with culture, with religion, with, with, with physical activity. So be, be careful that even, this is one of the very significant uh, marks or, or characteristics that will expose one that is a false prophet. There's a spirit of mixture even in their delivery or in the message that they deliver. They purport teachings like all gods are one God, all rivers run into the sea, suggesting that there are many ways to access God. And even sometimes uh, dabble with the, with the spirit of witchcraft in order to begin to get power to be able to speak. Now this is very, very prevalent on our continent in Africa uh, and it's very, very important for us to understand to be discerning of those that carry a spirit of Nicolaitans. Now the spirit of Balaam, I made reference to it, a little bit last week. But the spirit of Balaam is a prophet that prophesies 
for personal gain. And sometimes even prophesies against the people of God. You know, sometimes prophets that keep on trying to say we put curses on you, we do this, if you don't do this, if you don't obey. So we need to become aware that's evidence of a false prophet. In other words, he's a prophet for prophet, false prophets according to the scripture. These are the characteristics. They're deceptive, they're greedy, they're lustful, they're proud, they're controlling, they operate in a spirit of manipulation, and they operate in a, under a cloud of spiritual wickedness. And so we need to understand, you will even find that a lot of them, source of power comes from, from witchcraft and even consulting demonic spirits. The difference between false uh, between false prophets uh, is that they, pro they sometimes prophesy off the mark, they prophesy whatever they feel people want to hear, whatever they feel will begin to cause the greatest response from the people, not necessarily that which is the word of the Lord. Bad prophecies are sometimes doctrinally incorrect, lacks clarity, it's also a sign of immaturity and a lack of teaching in operating in the game. So let us, uh, I think I said quite a bit in terms of us understanding the, 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 the prophetic gift and understanding those that manifest as false prophets. Now, the third question I, that I wanted to, to deal with today is what are some of the practical things that a believer can do in order to move into the area of the prophetic? This is a question I often ask you. Now, how do I develop, how do I uh, develop the gift even in my heart and in my life? Firstly, you have to have a desire to move in the dimension of the prophetic. And in that, having that desire, you must surround yourself with prophetic people. Now, we spoke last week about in the book of Samuel, how Saul, when he came, came in the company of the the prophets of those that were in the school of the prophets began to prophesy. Paul also in the book of Romans writes this and he said, I desire to visit you that I may impart some gifts to you. In Acts chapter 19, Paul also in his, in his, in his introduction to the church of Ephesus and, and, and with the many things that was happening in the church of Ephesus, he asked them, since you've received salvation, have you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And they, they said to them, what is this? The only baptism we know is the baptism of repentance or John's baptism or water baptism. He says, what is this that, we, that you are talking about? And then Paul at that stage lays hands on them and they began to speak in tongues and prophesy. Now this is important. If you want to develop, uh, uh, you know, move in the dimension of the prophetic, you have to surround yourself with prophetic people. And as he laid hands on them, they received the, the gift of the Spirit, spoke in tongues, prophesied. Get yourself in an atmosphere where the prophetic flows. Gifts are imparted in that atmosphere, even sometimes by the laying on of hands. Now I want you to understand, it's not only through the laying on of hands. Uh, I personally will attest to the fact that I received the gift of speaking in tongues, the gift of prophecy at a young age of 13 years old 
but it was in our home, in our own living room, as uh, we were this during our normal family altar, as I began, the Spirit of the Lord came upon me, I began to speak in tongues, and then the gifts started to flow and be stirred up even in my life. So understand that there must be the desire, surround yourself, even in your homes, I want to encourage you, and even as parents, some of you that are listening, that we should develop our children to desire the gifts of the Spirit. Now, you know, often we, we emphasize so much on salvation. We emphasize so much. Now, salvation is your entry-level experience for every believer. But your maturing comes through the gifts, developing a culture of the gifts and the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. So every parent should, should begin to start teaching, encouraging their children that they should begin to develop the gifts of the Spirit even in their lives. Speaking in tongues, prophecy, um, you know, whatever the gifts are, start to trust God that their gifts flow. The Bible says that it is God's desire that we should desire the gifts of the Spirit. Amen? And so I want to, to encourage you from a young age. I've seen little children even in our church from the ages of six and sometimes the Spirit of the Lord will come upon them. They will begin to speak in tongues. Some of them will prophesy. And we've even had one that wrote a song at six years old. But that's under the leading of the Holy Spirit. Now, I pray that's not only an experience that we allow our children to have. And this is something that's very really important. This is why the fellowship, the body of Christ, the church is so important. That means, uh, you know, although through the restrictions and through the limitations right now, social media has become a tool. But we need to understand, we, we have to develop these gifts. If we as parents are not functioning in these gifts, sometimes our children will not get the opportunity. So, so understand, just getting your child to church on Sunday is not good enough. We get to get your child to church that they can build, that they can become mature Christians. Uh, you know, the, the, the general sermon on a Sunday morning is just for edification and exhortation. Very little is done to, to propel them into the future. And I pray this is something that you take very seriously in your heart. You know, some of the experiences that you and I have had through our parents exposing us, you know, we never had a choice. Whether it was a Tuesday night service, uh, we didn't have a choice and said we got homework. We should have done our homework before. And I mean, our children don't have the struggles we have. That means our children don't know what it means to walk to school. We walk to school. There's someone that is picking them, someone that is dropping them. You know, uh, our children don't know what it means to come back from school, clean the house, uh, prepare supper, and then do your homework. And then still make sure that you're ready for church. Uh, you know, so we need to get to that place where we start to build church and our relationship with the Lord in every area of our life. So understand that. The second thing is stir up the gift. Stir up and develop the prophetic gift. That means in this we teach you the desire to function in the prophetic, to synchronize your heart to the heart of God, causing you to hear His voice. Practice in the prophetic. The Bible says that we, we mature in our gift by the reason of use. That means the more you exercise your gift, the more you begin to become more and more aware of how to use 
use your gift. Amen? So we need to understand, we always, we start from a certain level, but as we grow, we will mature. Then, thirdly, how do we move into this area? Get around prophetic people, get around prophetic teams. Your faith becomes stronger, and your prophetic flow will become stronger as you connect to those that are operating in a greater measure of faith and a greater dimension of the prophetic. As your faith, your measure of your faith increases, your confidence increases, uh, you, you become less self-conscious, you become less concerned, you become less hesitant, you begin to trust God. The anointing can be transferred by association. Amen? We know about a lot of negative things that are transferred by association. But I also want you to know that the anointing can be caught or transferred by association. Remember that you don't compare yourself with somebody else, but God allow God to use you. The fourth part is prophetic people know how to, to stretch and to grow. As you desire more and more of the prophetic, you have to be prepared to allow God to stretch you, allow God to push you, allow God to enlarge you, allow God to make you stronger so that you can grow in Him. Now this is very, very important as we begin to develop in the prophetic. Now, the last question that we're going to deal with for tonight is what's the difference between the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and prophecy? Now the first thing that we have to establish is that these are all gifts of the Spirit. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, word of, uh, word of prophecy are all gifts of the Holy Spirit. And often there has been much confusion, much debate as to how these gifts manifest. Now all of these gifts man uh, manifest uh, vocally and they are there to begin to encourage, to build up the body of Christ. Now, these gifts of the Spirit, these, all, these three gifts, can operate independent of each other, and in many cases, they often operate in complementing each other. Whilst prophecy include, can include, the word of prophecy, uh, sorry, the word of prophecy can include a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge, it, God can use it in that means to get our attention and to confirm to the recipient, the one that's receiving the word, that this is a word from the Lord. Now, the word of wisdom. The word of wisdom can give you a, the course of action that you need to take. The word of wisdom, when the Holy Spirit will reveal to you a future event or situation that will show you how, and he will also take it further and show you how to deal with it. The word of wisdom means to act wisely, teach, and instruct. Anyone operating in the spirit of wisdom will demonstrate a higher level of insight and discernment into a lot of matters. Now, so, so sometimes, even in a counseling session, um, I've often experienced this personally, where God will often give a word of wisdom. That means you may be counseling a couple preparing for marriage, and as you're counseling them, God will say, there are certain things that are coming down the line that you need to prepare for and give you the tools that when, you, when that situation arises on how you can address it. That's a word of wisdom. 
Now, the word of knowledge is more diagnostic. It helps to identify a nature of the illness or the symptoms. That means the word of knowledge is when the Holy Spirit reveals to someone information about your life, your relationships, which they, which you know, no one possibly could know about you. So that means there's information about you that nobody knows. That means you could have had an experience, you could have had a thought, you could have had a desire, and the Lord, through the word of knowledge, will connect as a way of building your faith, as a way of connecting with you, will reveal a thought, your actions, a behavior, something that has occurred to you uh, in order to begin to, to cause you to address certain things. Now, often I've seen this happen where the Lord often, even in through prophecy, there will be a word of knowledge where God will use a word of knowledge to cause the person themselves, their faith to be increased so that they can believe. Now, often God uses a word of knowledge to begin to expose certain things. I've even seen the word of knowledge even in a local church. That means while someone is preaching. I've even experienced it in my own preaching where God will reveal to me somebody that's in the church that has a certain pain in their body or something, a certain infection or a certain impediment that is in their body and God wants to heal them. So sometimes that's a word of knowledge that comes in. And there are many, uh, you know, uh, men of God that even evangelists that operate strongly in a word of knowledge. Now, the gift of, uh, of prophecy provides a signpost, a glimpse into the future. It speaks about possibilities, potentials, or uh, that you should await affording you some direction. Okay, so we've, we've, we've understood that there is a, a distinction between the word of knowledge, the word, the word of wisdom, and the word of prophecy. But we also understand that they can flow together or they can even operate individually. Amen? So these are some of the questions. Now, I want to, this in, in, in closing, some of the ways that you can sharpen your prophetic gift. Now, I just want to quickly run through these few, few points. Ask God to increase His grace upon your life. Have an open spirit free from external distractions. Firstly, secondly, spend more time in God's word and you will sharpen your prophetic gift. Thirdly, spend time fasting, praying. That helps you to become more sensitive to the spirit of God and also helps you to learn how to hear the voice of the Lord. Fourthly, another way is surround yourself with prophetic people, mature, seasoned men and women of God that operate in the prophetic that also helps you. The Bible says iron sharpens iron. And so there will be a greater impartation, a greater increase of faith and in the flow of the prophetic in your life. And fifthly, exercise your gift on a consistent basis so that you do not become rusty and outdated. Amen. So I want you to understand this. This is very important. Develop your gift. The Bible says as you develop your gift by reason of use. And in this, I want to challenge you, use your gift. Now, I know for a lot of you, churches have not resumed. You often find yourself in, in your home. Just get into times of prayer. Get into times where you're exercising your gift of speaking in tongues. Remember, the tongues can be in a devotional tongue where you can just be praising God. And sometimes it can break out in God giving you prophetic impact.
mission, prophetic insights. And we're going to talk about different ways in which God releases prophetic messages uh, in, in the coming weeks. So I pray that you have blessed us and uh, that God will just take care of you. Let's just pray together. Father, we love you. We adore you. I thank you for insight. I thank you for discernment. I pray for your sons and daughters that even this week that you would develop the gift in them. That we pray, O oh God, that even as we get more and more deeper in your word, that we will be encouraged, we will be built up, and we will come into the place of full maturity in you. We bless you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, God bless you. And remember to join us next week, Monday, for another series on Prophetic by Design. God bless you.